1: Charlie
2: Wright hello and welcome to strategic investor radio on oc Radio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows strategic investor radio Dot com. Today is October 23rd, 2015. I'm Charlie Wright. We're very pleased you've joined us. And we're glad that we're talking with Dr. Brad Case with the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trusts, or NAREIT. Uh, he speaks to us from their headquarters in Washington, D.C. Dr. Brad, welcome to Strategic Investor
3: Radio. Charlie, it's great to be with you. Thanks.
2: So, Brad, give us some of your background. I know you're a Ph.D., you're a CFA, you're a CAIA, and uh, probably an RNG for a really nice guy. Uh, so <laughs> you tell us here uh, some of your background before we get involved with Nareet here.
3: Well, I'm I'm fundamentally an economist, and so what I do is I study uh, real estate investing. So I'm you know I'm 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 from the outside. I'm looking at at the investment management decisions that other people are making, and more more generally, just at at uh, all of the different questions that come up when people are investing in real estate. So I, I used to be with the Federal Reserve Board here in Washington D.C. Um, I've been in my current job uh, coming on 10 years, and a lot of the job is is talking with. Uh, you know, pension funds and endowments and foundations and audiences of individual investors about, you know, about uh, the questions they have when they're investing in real estate.
2: Okay, so tell us, uh, you know, for our audience, we don't do a lot on real estate here. We're more uh, publicly traded securities on the, on the non-real estate side, stocks, bonds, etc. Tell our audience uh, what REITs are and why they should care.
3: Sure, a REIT um, is a company whose main business is investing in real estate. And REITs were actually started by Congress in 1960, and the reason was that you know if you're if you're a rich rich guy, then you can you can buy a shopping center, you can buy a hotel or an office building or something like that. But ordinary people like you and me can't. Um, I don't have the money to to buy a buy an office building. But Congress wanted to set it up so that ordinary people could invest in real estate, just like the rich people, and um, and get the same returns and get the same tax treatment and all that sort of stuff. And that's what that's why they created REITs. It was actually uh, REITs were signed into law by by President Eisenhower. It was part of the Cigar Tax Bill of 1960. So. So you know, so we can we can thank cigar smokers um, for giving Congress a reason to make it possible for us to invest in real estate. Y- it's y- only, the only the on, the only good way for uh, for all of us to invest in real estate turns out to be the best way as well.
2: Okay. Well, it sounds like Congress hasn't changed. Uh, they, they attach lots of uh, unhinged uh, legislation to other things in order to, to get them through here. But we're very pleased that they certainly in 1960 passed uh, REIT legislation. So it sounds like REIT is pretty much a mutual fund for real estate investing.
3: Not exactly. The difference is that when you invest in a mutual fund, um, you're not managing the companies that the fund invests in. Whereas uh, when you invest in a REIT, uh, the REIT is managing the buildings that it invests in so so the REIT you know buys um, there are two different kinds of REITs the most of the industry is what we call equity REITs, and they own buildings. And then there are also mortgage REITs, and they they invest in mortgages and mortgage-backed securities. But if you invest in an equity REIT, that REIT owns buildings, and generally speaking, it'll own a particular type of building, but all over the country. And so it's very, very actively managing that building to generate the best possible investment returns. And when you invest in the REIT, all you're doing is buying stock in that company, but you're getting the returns that the REIT earns from the real estate investment.
2: Okay, and so why should investors consider investing in REITs?
3: Well, there are several reasons. The most important one is that there, you know, there are different uh, business cycles, um, market cycles. Uh, the stock market uh, mainly responds to, you know, what we generally call the business cycle or the inventory cycle, and that's a cycle that, usually, something like four years in duration. Real estate is an entirely different market cycle. Uh, the real estate market cycle is more like eighteen years instead of four years, and the reason for that is just that it's so difficult to put up a new new building, even a fairly simple one. You have to acquire property and get per permits and all that sort of stuff before you can eat before you can start start constructing it but you know a big office building or a big hotel it just takes years and so the cycle is very different and the and And because of that, when you invest in real estate, you get access to this different cycle, and that's what gives you diversification in your portfolio. And that protects your portfolio from all going down at once. You know, maybe the business cycle goes down, but the real estate estate cycle is still going up. So that portfolio diversification is the most important thing that you get when you invest in real estate. And the, and the, the thing about REITs is that because that's real estate traded through the stock market, it's just as easy to, buy, to invest in real estate through REITs as it is to invest in you know, Apple or General Motors or anything like that. So it really is, uh, really is a way to make this diversification uh, possible for individual investors in a way that just, just wasn't possible before.
2: Okay, and uh, typically a REIT will hold about how many properties? What's the range of properties that a REIT will typically hold?
3: The smaller, smaller REITs will hold a a couple of dozen properties and the bigger REITs will, will hold, you know, a a couple thousand properties. Um, The biggest, uh, the biggest uh, REIT uh, traded on stock exchanges actually worldwide, the biggest property company is called Simon Property Group. And they, ha- they have mainly large regional shopping malls. Um, one one of them, uh, you know, near me, very very successful um, regional shopping mall. And Simon Property Group uh, has been been publicly traded um, since the early to mid 1990s, and they've just they've just shown themselves to be um, good at managing that particular type of asset. Um, but there are a whole bunch of other whole bunch of other listed REITs that that. Own, you know, from from a few dozen to to a few thousand properties um, all over the country. So when you when you're investing in REIT in, in, a, in a REIT, even in a single REIT, you're getting um, a diversified exposure to that real estate market cycle. And then a lot of a lot of investors will will invest in REITs by putting their money into a mutual fund that focuses on REITs or an ETF that focuses on REITs. And that way, they're getting um, exposure to the entire real estate market cycle in all property types and all parts of the country.
2: Okay, and about how many REITs are there?
3: There are, I think, 170, uh, roughly 170 publicly traded REITs. There are are actually three kinds of REITs. Um, the, The kinds that you can invest in are public REITs. Um, and and about 170 of those are traded on stock exchanges so the so it's as easy as uh, as you know as going onto a website or talking to your broker and buying you know buying shares of stock in that company um, and it's the same same as any other corporation in terms of uh, you know your your uh, your tax reporting statements it's not it's not a it's not a a pass-through entity; it's not a limited partnership or anything like that. So it's a simple process of investing in real estate through an exchange-traded REIT. There are also what we call public but non-traded REITs. Um, y- y- your broker may advise you to uh, to put money into a public non-traded REIT. Um, that that that's just a REIT whose stock is not traded on the exchange. But when we say it's public, it means it's approved for individual investors. And then the other kind of REIT is what we call private REITs, and we just don't know very much about them.
2: Okay, so I presume NAIREIT does not deal with the private REITs, and it deals with uh, the other two.
3: It's not that we don't deal with them, um, but since they're private, they don't have the same reporting requirements. So uh, so we just don't know as much about them. I'm an economist. I deal in actual data. Um, I'm trying to report, you know, actual performance. And so if I don't have actual performance, then I don't talk about it. And, and that's, that's why I, I, I can't do as good a job of, of talking about um, private REITs. And that's okay because they're not for investment purposes um, for, you know, for you and me anyway.
2: Okay. So tell us, so what are the, generally speaking, what are the types of REITs that are available here, Brad?
3: Yeah, so as I mentioned, the, the two big categories are equity REITs and mortgage REITs. Equity REITs own own, you know, own buildings, and that's about 90% of the market. And equity REITs have provided very, very strong total return. You know, we have data going back to the beginning of 1972, and over just over the last 40 years, equity REIT returns have averaged more than 13.5% per year. And, that, and that's, that's better than the rest of the stock market. And then the then the and about half of the return from equity rates is uh, is income, and about half is capital appreciation, you know, appreciation in the value of the stock. Um, and then the other part of the market is uh, mortgage rates. It's about 10% of the market, and mortgage rates tend to provide much stronger income returns. So they they're they're often popular with uh, with investors who are specifically um, interested in making sure that they get a get a very strong current income every month. But both types of REITs do that because one of the requirements for is they actually have to distribute at least ninety percent of their taxable income every year to their shareholders. So they so they end up being a very, very good way for income oriented investors to make sure that they have a steady source of income every month, no matter what the market conditions are.
2: Brad, thank you very much. We need to stop and take a quick break. We're talking with Dr. Brad Kay, Senior Vice President for Research and Industry Information at NAREIT, the National Association of REITs out of Washington, D.C. And uh, you're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. And we'll be right back. For today's Financial Minute, we're talking with Bill Sherman, founder and CEO of The Sherman Sheet, a daily roadmap to investment success. Bill, what do you have for us today?
4: Have you ever heard the phrase, let your winners run and cut your losers short?
2: Sure have.
4: Investors. Way yes, too many times. Investors hear <laughs> that that's, that's actually uh, a, a phrase that pays and is kind of the opposite of another one you hear, which is no one ever went broke by taking profits. And it seems like individuals are much more attuned to taking profits and cutting their winners short. And I think it would behoove individual investors to talk to their advisors about how they let their winners run and cut your losers short, which is actually very good advice, but is really the opposite of what individuals do who are so quick to ring the cash register Uh, to take any profit, and yet when it comes to a loser in their portfolio, hang on to it rationalizing that it'll come back and pride won't let them take a loss and they just want to get out at break-even and so they hang on to them forever. Among the popular ways that professional investors and advisors use to achieve the goal of letting your winners run and cutting your losers short is to use the tools called momentum and relative strength to determine what's trending, that's how you use momentum, And then among the things that are trending, use relative strength to determine which among the things that are uptrending are worthy of inclusion in your portfolio. Bill, those are very,
2: very popular today, or at least much more popular than they have been in the past. And I know you folks are well grounded in that whole thing. If somebody wants to learn more and how it is that uh, the Sherman Sheet applies those things, how do they reach you?
4: Ask your financial advisor if they are subscribers to The Sherman Sheet. And if not, tell them to become so.
2: Okay. And, and how how would the advisor read you? How about our website here?
4: Oh, sure. TheShermanSheet.com.
2: TheShermanSheet.com. Or they can check out our weekly show on octalkradio.net. Bill, thank you very much for that great advice.
4: And now back to Charlie and his guest.
2: Thank you, Paul. We're talking with Dr. Brad Case of REIT, the National Association of REITs, out of Washington, D.C., uh, telling us about REITs here. Brad, uh, if we can ask you, let's focus for just a minute on mortgage REITs. As we all know today, treasuries and uh, corporates and uh, all bonds are paying very, very low interest rates. What's kind of the range of interest rates that mortgage REITs are paying today?
3: Well, it's not. It's not that mortgage rates are paying interest rates in the same way that you pay on a mortgage. But the dividend yield for mortgage rates is actually very, very high. Uh, The latest latest dividend yield is above 10% from for for mortgage rates. In fact, it's above 11% right now. And and uh, you know what's what's really going on is that uh, in the mortgage rate industry, the business is uh, that the mortgage rate you know borrows money and then uses that to buy mortgages. Um, that some bank has originated or in some cases buy mortgage-backed securities or even occasionally originate their own mortgages. But uh, so, so the way they make money is by uh, doing a good job of picking the mortgages that they should invest in and then managing the uh, the spread between the money that they've borrowed and the money that they have lent out by buying those mortgages. And so when you when you're um, when you're investing in a mortgage, you know the biggest biggest mortgage um, REIT, for example is called Analy A N N A L Y. Um, what you're doing is you're evaluating their their ability. To, uh, to decide which mortgages to invest in and, um, and earn a good spread on, on, that, on that money. Um, the, the mortgage REIT uh, dividend yield is very, very high, uh, partly because they provide such strong dividends, um, but also because of the fact that people are concerned about what's happening with interest rates. And they, uh, you know, they want to know whether the uh, mortgage REITs are going to do a good job of, of handling the movements in interest rates going forward.
2: Well, that that certainly is a very strong return, and I remember years ago looking at Annalie and um, they were doing exceptionally well, and then the president, uh, the founder of the firm, passed away. And uh, I haven't been looking at them as as much lately, but uh, they are a firm that has had very, very strong recommendations in the past. Now let's move to the equity Side of uh, REITs, uh, what typically is is the range of income that they're paying these days? Well,
3: the they're, they're, uh, the dividend yield on equity REITs is uh, is much lower. It's, uh, it's it's a little bit less than four percent now. Um, still very strong by the standards of most other income-oriented investments. Um, equity REITs, uh, you know, that the business is uh, is is buying buildings or in some cases developing them but not very much, uh, managing those buildings, and then occasionally selling them. Um, that's actually been happening uh, a little bit uh, more than the usual recently because it, it, you know a lot of endowments and pension funds invest in the real estate market through private equity real estate funds ends up. It turns out not to be a very good way to invest in real estate. It's, it's kind of ironic. The, you know, the, the individual investors you and I um, have done much better than the, you know, supposedly most sophisticated biggest institutional investors in the country, and that's because you and I do it through by invest by putting our money into REIT stocks. And they do it through private equity funds. And what we're seeing recently is the private equity funds have been have been just shoveling over money, just willing to pay any any price at all for buildings. And so the REITs will take advantage of that by selling buildings to them. But the core of the business really is managing those buildings. And you know, real estate is not is not something where you just Plunk your money down and wait for the checks to come in, the rent checks to come in. It's it's something that has to be actively managed. If you're managing, you know, a shopping mall, you need to get shoppers to come to your mall and not somebody else's. If you're managing a hotel, you need to make sure that the property is in good shape so that, uh, that people want to want to go to that hotel. So so a REIT has to be a good has has to be good at identifying how to get customers into their into their buildings.
2: Okay, and and tell us what are the generally the types of categories of equity REITs. Uh, somebody, yes. want, you, you mentioned hotels, you mentioned shopping centers. I know that yep. there are several categories. What what are some of those here?
3: Yeah, the big ones are are apartment or more generally residential REITs, and that includes uh, REITs that own apartment buildings and REITs that own manufactured housing communities, and REITs even REITs that own single family rental uh, rental houses. Then another big category is retail, and uh, those are the ones that focus on the big regional shopping malls or the neighborhood shopping centers or even the freestanding um, retail properties, the restaurants and the uh, auto parts stores and things like that. And then another one is uh, REITs that own office buildings, um, and another one we call industrial. Those are the REITs that own the, the warehousing facilities that you see the big, you know, the big buildings that you see the trucks in front of when you're going along the highway, highway or near an airport or near a port. Then there are REITs that focus on uh, hotels, lodging properties. Um, there are REITs that focus on the healthcare industry. That's something that you know they, they've been part of a long uh, demographic um, uh, trend for for increased uh, sort of healthcare. And part of that is simply increased uh, options for people who are older maybe they don't need specific in, they don't need intensive healthcare, but they want to be in a community uh, where that's available. And then there are some some smaller segments like uh, self storage REITs or timber REITs, REITs that own timberlands, and then uh, infrastructure REITs, REITs that own uh, cell phone towers and other forms of infrastructure. Those are the big categories of uh, of equity REITs.
2: And how big is the REIT industry total?
3: Yeah, the, the, the REIT industry right now has a market cap of about nine hundred billion dollars, um, and they and REITs own. Oh, between 1.5 and 2 trillion dollars worth of properties nationwide. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very large industry. Tens of thousands of individual properties in, you know, in every state, and in fact, in every, um, in, in virtually every, not just big city, but small town as well. And so it's, a, so we think that REITs own about a fifth of the total uh, income-producing real estate in this country. So, uh,
2: Brad, uh, the big elephant in the room, of course, is that we're expecting interest rates to rise. Um, what do you see rising interest rates doing uh, to and for the read industry?
3: Well, I, I'm I'm actually quite optimistic about uh, real estate market conditions, and um, and you know when you when you look at the Federal Reserve and the Federal Open Market Committee thinking about whether and when to raise interest rates, what they're saying is we think that the economy is doing well enough that we can allow interest rates to go up. And and in real estate investors, REIT investors have to keep that in mind because if interest rates go up, when interest rates go up, it'll be because of strength in the economy. And uh, when an interest rates go up, that's not so good for bond investors. But it is good for equity investors, including investors in real estate because uh, when when the economy strengthens, that means there's greater demand for real estate there there's higher occupancy levels for individual properties higher rent growth and yet we we don't see a whole lot of you know construction in this country nationwide all property types is really well below average and so uh, real estate investors read investors are in kind of a favorable imbalance between very tight supply and strengthening demand for real estate. So as interest rates go up, you know, it's not guaranteed that REITs will do well, but typically they do. They have in the past done well when interest rates have gone up, and that's because uh, when interest rates go up, the strength of the economy is what's driving that, and that's also what's driving increased uh, earnings and dividends for REIT investors.
2: Yeah, but Brad, won't it suppress the price because people have a budget of how much that they can spend and now they're going to be spending significantly more for interest to buy that property?
3: No, not really. And the reason is um, that that the value of a property is not just uh, the cost of capital that you have to borrow to, to acquire it but also the uh, the the income that that property will throw off once you own it and we're looking at a situation where where you know pro- individual properties are likely to gr- throw off more income because of the strengthening economy the other thing that you have to keep in mind is that you know re- the the main business for reits is that is managing properties that they already own so if it becomes more expensive to acquire properties, well, they'll be less active in acquiring properties. But that's not where their money comes from. Their money comes from managing the properties that they own, and they've already locked in lower interest rates over the last several years. So an increase in interest rates doesn't really hurt them because they're, that, it doesn't mean that they're going to be borrowing money at higher interest rates. Um, in fact, uh, if you look at the liability side of a REIT's balance sheet, Um, the value of its liabilities actually goes down if it has fixed rate debt and interest rates go up. That fixed rate debt is worth less, and that's good for the REIT.
2: Well, you make some uh, compelling points, no question about it. Uh, We need to stop again and take another quick break. Again, we're talking with Dr. Brad Case of National Association of REITs out of Washington, D.C. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. Mm -hmm.
1: All right,
4: let's go back to Charlie as he wraps up today's interview.
2: Thank you, Paul. We're talking with Dr. Brad Case of the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trusts, or REITs. And um, so, Brad, uh, question that we like we'd like to ask you that we always ask our guests here: What keeps you awake at night?
3: You know, I, I tell you, I, I mean, I, not a lot keeps me awake at night. I'm a pretty happy guy. One of the things is uh, I mentioned before that uh, you know pension funds. Um, endowments and foundations. Many of them tend to do most of their real estate investing through private equity, and, and that, that, that just hasn't provided very good returns. But it's cost them a huge amount of money. And I mean, it seems silly, but that honestly does keep me up at night. You know, I I'm part of a pension plan. And, um, you know, I contribute to my college, which has a big endowment, and I worry about the fact that they do a bad job of real estate investing. And I, w- I wish I could get everyone to do it the same way I do it, because, uh, and, you know, this is, this, is, this is all I think about every day, is how should people go about investing in real estate. And, uh, and, and the truth is that, uh, you know, that my pension plan and my college's endowment haven't done as well as I have by investing in real estate through REITs.
2: Well, that, that's quite a testimonial for uh, publicly traded REITs here. That, uh, very, very interesting. Tell us, uh, in 2008, when the stock market dropped uh, for the year 38%, but was uh, down about 50% from uh, peak to um, valley, uh, how did the REIT industry do?
3: actually it was even worse for reits reits uh, reits were down close to 70% on the year uh, so that that was not a fun time what what you want is to have different investments so that when one segment of it goes down as as reits certainly did in in uh, in 2008 and early 2009 um, other segments aren't aren't doing quite as badly you know i got lucky because in ape on april 1st of 2009 um, I a new investment opportunity opened up for me, and I put I put a sizable amount of money into it. I didn't realize that that was only a couple of weeks after the bottom of the market. Um, but certainly, the recovery since April first of two thousand nine has been terrific. That helped me, um, and it was just because I, you know, I knew that I wanted to have a sizable investment in real estate. And, um, and that, that was an opportunity that, that happened to come along at the right time. But the truth is, I would have put that money in, in uh, regardless of what the market conditions were. I just got lucky with that particular um, situation.
2: Well, congratulations. Uh, most <laughs> did, did not have your timing, uh, no question about it. Another question we'd like to ask, Brad, is what book would you recommend for our listeners?
3: Well, you know, the, the the all-time classic, in my opinion, is, uh, is A Random Walk Down Wall Street by Burton Malkiel. But I'll tell you about a, a, one that just came out, uh, I think it was late last year, that I think is really terrific. It's called Asset Management, A Systematic Approach to Factor Investing. And it's by a professor at Columbia University named Andrew Ang, A-N-G. And what's really nice about that is that, you know, unfortunately, in financial books, there are a lot of myths. And Andrew Ang really, really doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't, he, he, he's willing to take on those myths and point to individual investment managers or pension funds or things like that, that that made bad investment choices and say, you know, here's how you protect yourself against making bad investment choices. So that's one that I've been reading recently that I think is really terrific
2: hey well thank you very much you're the first one to recommend that book so uh, we'll get it and look at it and uh, see what it can do for us so we we, we right. always appreciate hearing hearing different books here so give us uh, contact information uh, for people to take advantage of the benefits of nereIT
3: yeah you know we we uh, put a lot of information on our website which is REIT.com, com reIT com and that has uh that has a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of parts that, that you know are useful to investors. There's uh, there's you know the part that, that I'm happiest about is the uh, is the research page. You can um, get uh, links to I- information about REIT historical returns and dividends. Um, you can get a list of REITs um, with links to their own website so you can evaluate them yourself. Um, you can choose, you know, REITs based on what kind of property they invest in or what state they're headquartered in or things like that. Um, and then you can get links to studies. Um, some, of, some of them we have uh, sponsored and others, um, other, others are studies that we know about, but we didn't have anything to do with producing them. And then there are, there are uh, answers to more basic questions, you know, what is a REIT um, and how do you go about investing in REITs? And there are links to REIT mutual funds and REIT ETFs and things like that.
2: And so give us again that website here, Brad.
3: It's REIT.com, R-E-I-T.com.
2: You know, I can uh, add to your testimonial there. Uh, I've spent in preparation for today's uh, uh, interview, I've spent significant time on the website, and it is a treasure trove of information for anyone well, interested in, in, in REITs. Uh, I can well, I add hope to you, that.
3: checked. Uh, hope you checked out the videos, uh, video interviews with me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I did, and uh, it's a good thing we're on radio here. No, i no. <laughs> Just, just kidding, Brad, just kidding. No, they, they were excellent, and you guys uh, have done an excellent job at uh, educating the public and uh, creating opportunity for people who have interest in that kind of investing. And again, we are in the heart of uh, Orange County, California, and there is no investment more important to people than real estate uh, here, and so we certainly know uh, the high level of interest of so many people in real estate. So final word. For our listeners here, Brad. But before we leave here,
3: well, you know, I, I mean, I think uh, the thing to keep in mind in in the, in any investing is you uh, you want to have a long term focus because if you do, you can get rewarded for that. And the, way the, and the best way to get rewarded with a long-term focus is to have a well-diversified portfolio. You know, really, there are only, only four asset classes that have to be in every portfolio, and real estate is one of them. Stocks, bonds, cash, and real estate. And as I said before, the best way to invest in real estate turns out always to have been, uh, been publicly traded rates. So I hope that, uh, hope that benefits your listeners.
2: Yes, it should. Thank you very much. So we've been talking with Brad Case, uh, Senior Vice uh, senior vice President for Research and Industry Information at the National Association of REITs out of Washington, D.C. We're very appreciative to him. And uh, you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you're not hearing elsewhere. Don't hesitate to contact us at info at com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows strategicinvestorradio.com this is Charlie Wright wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing
1: you've been listening to the strategic investor your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry for unique investment strategies visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com Investing is not rocket science.
0: Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.